0: Welcome back to another episode of Rooted in Revenue. My weekly program right here on the Funnel Radio Channel with hosts Susan Finch and Lainey Sullivan. Rooted in Revenue has three quick 10 to 12 minute segments, each designed to solve a different revenue generating problem. Susan focuses on the marketing tips while Lainey focuses on events with some tips from industry experts mixed in along the way. So let's stop getting mixed up. And let's start getting Rooted in Revenue right now.
1: Rooted in Revenue with your host today, Susan Finch. Hey everybody, Susan Finch here with Rooted in Revenue on the Funnel Radio Network. And today I'm super excited because I think I'm super excited every time because I have cool guests. Today we have Alice Hyman of Alice Hyman LLC and Oren Broberg, President and CEO of Modus. And Alice, you just finished MCing Sales 3.0, correct?
2: Yes, I did. Yes, I did.
1: And you're preparing to launch Trade Show Makeover.
2: Yes, I'm launching another company called Trade Show Makeover. when we're having a virtual summit November 13th. So take a look at tradeshowmakeover.com.
1: Okay. But today, I know especially, Oren, I want to not pick your brains. I hate that term. That means giving expert advice for free. Not a big fan of picking brains. But I want to talk with you about buyer enablement. We hear so much about sales enablement and we have a great show on sales enablement on the network and stuff. But with you, I want to talk about buyer enablement and what you have learned about this. Can you bring us up to speed on that?
3: Well, yes. Well, buyer enablement is sort of the evolution of what we've been calling sales enablement in the last few years. Sales enablement was all about putting the right materials in the right in the hands of the salespeople at the right point in the sales cycle. It was also about preparing salespeople and sales enablement definitions and, and everything was all about how to sell a customer. And sales enablement I think is an antiquated term because very quickly we've seen buyers really become come to the forefront of, you know, this is what it's all about. I mean, the salespeople need to look at How the buyers are responding to what they're doing. And so I've seen, particularly through working with Gartner and some of the more, uh, the latest uh, kind of studies and surveys and thought leadership around how buyers are buying. When you do it, you know, the data is that in a complex B2B sales cycle, you have six to eight decision makers and they're looking at, you know, on the average of four and a half uh, different information sources and, and what they, what do they really want from salespeople? What are vendors providing them? And the data is really eye-opening because it's showing that as vendors, and I'm a vendor, we're not doing a real good job in and, and helping our buyers through their journey or what they have to do. There's many roles on the buying end. This whole idea of how difficult is it for buyers to actually buy what you're trying to sell when they're trying to buy maybe other things at the same time is, is unfortunately rather revolutionary. But I think good salespeople have been doing it for a while. So that's this buying enablement is, is really hot right now. I think it's very relevant. Our top performers are and our clients that are using this are really getting really good results.
2: Yeah, Susan, I think that the whole thing here about sales enablement is if we're going to enable our salespeople, what we need to enable them to do is help the buyer so that's the buyer enablement right it's like sales enablement should produce buyer enablement our sales have to be able to enable the buyers and if they can't we're failing at sales enablement
1: we're failing in the whole sales process too because we shouldn't be in front of anybody unless we can do that
2: absolutely and i think sellers today really don't know exactly what to do because we as companies, so not necessarily Orange Company, but many companies out there are still training their salespeople in very old selling methods. They're not you know, selling to the modern buyer. They don't know how to do that. So the salespeople are walking around every day going, okay, I'm doing what you taught me to do. And it's not working.
1: There are some outdated training procedures out there. And I'm I'm stunned every time I run across them.
2: But they're prevalent, unfortunately. So that's why we have to take a look at what we're doing for sales enablement and flip that, as Oren was saying, to buyer enablement and do a better job helping our buyers buy.
3: I would even call it buyer engagement, yes. too. Um, the role of the salesperson has shifted in the last two years, too. A good, you could call it account executive today, is really not a salesperson or more of a information conduit to help these buyers with previewing of what the things are they need to be doing and how they can be, how that salesperson can help them preview and anticipate some of these barriers To them making a decision.
1: I deal a lot with real estate folks, a lot of brokers and things across the country, and a lot of B2C folks. And I don't think it's any different. It's almost a concierge mentality. The, The salesperson becomes the resource for all things. Where do you want to go for dinner? What's the best place? What should I avoid? What what do I need? What am I missing out? I only have 24 hours here. What do I do? I think it's the same type of thing. It's being, and, and it gets back to that being of service at your core. Be a successful salesperson, remembering what you're there to do. Yeah, it's to make money. Okay, fine. It's to meet your quotas, fine. But none of that's going to happen if you aren't a value and a trusted resource.
2: Yeah, we couldn't agree more. In fact, Orin and I were at the Gartner Conference recently and we heard a lot of great conversation around, of course, serving your customer, but taking a lesson from what business to consumer selling is doing, you know, what's going on there. and. Remembering that people are people and they want and need your help. So what we have to do is figure out how to serve them. And I think, you know, Oren and I both, and I know you too, Susan, we've been selling a long, long time. But we've evolved, Oren, haven't we, from the days that we were, you know, you were back at Xerox and I was back at Miller-Hyman. You know, things have changed and we've evolved.
1: Oh, does that bring back memories? I Sometimes I forget my past. And as soon as you said Xerox, I used to sell for Rico. Uh-oh. And, and so- Competitor ex-competitor. We had Rico and Panasonic, but that old, that was that old style to set the sales appointment, to go in, to close the deal. And it was all about me, 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 me getting to what I needed yeah. and barely listening to what they needed just until I found something of mine that would fit in there that I could shove in their office. One thing about MODIS, and and I love this, your the whole mantra is sales enablement to engage and enable the buyer instead of people. But I love the fact that you're giving salespeople the power in their hands very easily or... Virtually, when it's at the distance, to still be able to wow somebody and quickly oh, yeah. respect their time by finding exactly what the person needs to see to solve their problem.
3: That's right. And yeah, it's saving time is a big deal, being professional, uh, projecting, you know, the brand, of course, into the sales call. We, we work with marketing and sales, so we're trying to break down barriers. Yeah, that, that, that kind of thing we, we're doing.
1: A topic that I've heard come up frequent, not frequently, but a lot recently, is: Do sales and marketing actually have to be that aligned? And some people are saying no. And I'm wondering where do you fall in that camp? Still,
3: I think it depends upon the the, the company and the market uh, in in the industry. I think if you're selling more of a commodity product with a, a lower annual contract value, that kind of thing, that you know you, you, you're you're kind of getting into perhaps what we might say, you know, the the FCR model, or you just want marketing just to generate leads, put them into the sales machine, have them go into the funnel, and have the SDR close the deal or whatever they do. But there's a different model. You know, we exist in the world of a, a complex sale, which is a you know longer sales cycle, higher ACB, and uh, marketing and sales have to be very closely aligned, not only in you know, messaging, because you have, you know, customers, you know, prospective customers are going to go to your website. As soon as you contact them with either, say, you've got a, a cadence or some kind of sequence that's reaching people, say your universe, uh, borrowing a strategic selling term here, if you're trying to reach somebody in your universe, they're most likely going to go to your website first. If your messaging in that email or that message or whatever it was isn't consistent with what's on your website, and again, this is another another uh, industry statistic. The the odds are better than 50 50. They're just going to bounce and not ever come back. And so sales and marketing should be very closely aligned in messaging, you know, strategy, even at the tactical level. We have an ABM, and then marketing has the resources to help personalize. So as marketing is, is at one level, you could say it's a the message to many or one message to many and then sales is about personalization but i also think marketing can support sales with some of the new technologies and marketing automation such as you know an our tool you can have a trigger on these interactions between salesperson, salespeople, and their contacts and particular information that they're interested in and marketing automation could go into a cadence or some kind of nurturing system from marketing automation to you know to support the two together, that's a 50 cent answer to a 25 cent question, but that's that's how I feel. It, it, It depends.
2: Yeah. You know, for me, I think with marketing and sales being aligned, it doesn't matter whether it's business to consumer, retail, business to business. If we don't send the same message out, How messy is that? I mean, Orin and I do work in the business to business complex world, but as a person who consumes goods, I want a retailer to have uh, the same message, right? I mean, you know, we all walk into some place and we want to know, oh, is this what it says it is, right? And then if a salesperson walks up to me in a retail shop, I want them to be on message. So I think this message of sales and marketing alignment works for everybody who's selling, really, because I want that messaging to be clear. Otherwise the consumer, whether they're uh, buying for their company or buying for themselves, gets confused. And when we confuse people, <laughs> they don't buy from us. Like Oren said, they just bounce. And so I love this um, idea of buyer enablement through sales enablement. Yes, We get the salespeople what they need in their hands when they need it, online or off. That's what the Modus tool does so well. Right. We get it in their hands and then they can talk to... The, the buyers, they can have a conversation, they can tell the stories and everything's right there at fingertips. So no matter which direction that buyer goes, that salesperson has it in their hand and it's ready. It's not fishing around for stuff. Oh, I'll have to call the office and see if they can get you that. I don't know where that deck is. Let me search for that. You know, It's none of that. It's marketing and sales aligned completely with the messaging, having the right content for that buyer at the right time in a platform that is seamless simple and easy to use. And the salespeople have it in their hot little hands when they need it. And it works even out in the field when you're not on the internet. So how cool is that, right? That's how we do buyer enablement. right? We get the stuff in people's hands through Modus. And that's why I just love working, of course, with Orrin and his team. <laughs> Thanks for letting me do that plug. I, I was just, you know, so excited there. Um, but I do think that if we didn't have sales and marketing alignment we cannot use, that tool is useless. People buy tools like this all the time and then they fail because the salespeople won't use them because marketing doesn't populate them with what sales needs and sales says, we're not gonna use it, right? But in the end, if sales and marketing don't name language, the same messaging to get to that buyer, that buyer is going to walk away. So we just have to get that alignment, and then give the sa- enable the salespeople with the tools they need to have conversations with those buyers that make them understand the buying process and make it easy for them to buy from us. That makes sense. And, and, and don't
3: forget, Alice, too, that you know our tool uh, will give marketing the analytics about what sales is using in the field, and so they get to see. and uh, you know, there's a great case study from Toro using this. With their dealer networks and how they can see what media is being viewed, what's not being viewed, and that also gives them insight into what types of materials are produced in the future.
2: Yeah, exactly. Because the salespeople are out in the field, right? They know what their buyers want. Again, sales and marketing alignment, the salespeople come back and say, this is what our buyers keep asking for. Can you please produce this? And that's a beautiful thing. It
1: is. This is a good place though for a break. So we're going to take a quick break and we will be back in a minute. We have Alice Hyman and we have Oren Broberg. Susan Finch right here on Funnel Radio with Rooted in Revenue.
0: Well, they were talking about one beautiful thing. Let's tell you about another. For those of you who are overwhelmed with your marketing and content to-do list, there is help on the way. You can let Susan Finch, our host, lighten your load, creating strategic, thoughtful solutions to time shortage problems in marketing, connecting, building, sharing all the tasks that you dread. She can take your one piece of content and help you use it nine different ways while you keep doing what you do best, which is probably selling or designing or putting your business together. If you have the time, she can help you create your content engagement plan too, and you pick and choose what you want to do. It's a menu of options. Some of her favorite tasks for clients include things like video training libraries for the most common tasks you have. Those tasks that you're tired of training people to do over and over again. How about branding and logo packages? Everybody's interested in that. Or the one I'm always intrigued by, site, thin out, and update. When's the last time you took a weed whacker to your site or updated it with new information? She can also do social media posting. She can plan and produce your podcast. Her mantra is very simple. Create, inspire, advocate, ignite, and then repeat. If that's a formula you'd like to put into effect in your business, there's only one place to go to, susanfinch.com. Check it out, Susan Finch. (laughs) Having said that, let's get back to the, uh, the master herself here, Susan Finch. Let's pick it up with the second half of her interview.
1: We're back here. Susan Finch, your host today for Rooted in Revenue on Funnel Radio. And my guests today are Alice Hyman of Alice Hyman LLC and Oren Broberg, President and CEO of Modus. Folks, we've been having a wonderful conversation about buyer enablement, why it is the, the next little step from sales enablement because they really go hand in hand. And I want to continue this conversation, but I want to give a shout out to gomodus.com. You can learn more about their digital transformation that they offer all of their clients put the power in the hands of the salespeople, to put the power in the buyer's hands, and they do it just with the most beautiful materials that your marketing team can create to support sales. And Alice Hyman, I know we, we all know alicehyman.com. But trade show makeover, the virtual summit is coming, and we will let you plug that right at the end. So, welcome back, folks. Thank you. It's really
2: fun having this conversation. I love talking about sales, and I know Aura does too.
1: I want to take this to the next step, though. We've talked about enabling the salespeople and the buyers as an executive at a company, whether it's the CMO, the CEO, the CFO, or the whole team of them, what can they do to ensure that? Their sales force and marketing teams are armed with all of these wonderful tools. What do they need to consider before making a decision that Modus or something else out there is the solution? What are some of the questions they should be asking?
3: I think they should be asking about the, the moments of truth. Uh, and again, the, and on the, from the buyer's perspective and these interactions between salespeople and, and their customers. I think we, we do focus groups, of course, with our clients and their sales organization. You really can uncover, you know, the complexities of the sales and what role content or information plays in providing this to the, the customer, what role it plays and, and what point in the buyer's journey, if you will. And then you work backwards and then you see you apply technology to support that. You don't go with technology first. Of course, you look at, you know, what do we need to, to help the buyer move through their process? make it easier for them and break down their own barriers and so if there may be things it's not just about content it could be tools also that to be you know what what tools are available on our website is a website as a resource to help that journey so it's, it's questions about that that's specific to them and then you look at how technology can support it
2: yeah I like what Oren said about process first before technology because what I have seen so many times and I know both of you have seen it too we buy tools and then our salespeople won't use them right right so let's not do that let's map the process whatever process it is we're you know between sales and marketing if it's you know mapping the buyer's journey if it's other pieces of sales enablement let's map it out on a whiteboard first or use some kind of mapping tool on the internet get it all designed and then look at the tools and say which tool will support what we're trying to do. And I always recommend talking to a few vendors. I mean, I do love the Modus tool. It is so simple and easy to use. And that's one of the things I love about it. But that doesn't mean it works for everybody who's trying to enable their sales team. There are many different tools out there and we've got to be highly selective and we've got to get all all the people that are in involved in this decision at our companies consensus because once they choose that, now they have the big job of actually getting the users to use it. And I would say that's the biggest problem with choosing any software. So we're trying to enable our sales team so they can enable the buyers, right? But then we give them this beautiful tool and we have no engagement. All right. That's just not going to work. So that's our job. We have to Choose wisely. Map it first. Choose wisely. Get everybody bought in, and then actually get the users, the salespeople, to start using it. And so you need a rollout plan for that. You can't just hope it's going to work. Oh, they'll be so excited. We got them a new tool. Well, we know how that works,
1: right? To them, new tool means more work. We always talk about, oh, well, who our ideal customer is, who, who fits, and Orin, you have a wonderful list of clients. I mean, some big people. Some you've helped so many. Who is not your client?
3: Who is not our target client, you mean? Who is not an IT Yeah. Well, I would say for us, because we are a, probably say, mobile-first kind of application, I would say inside sales, somebody with uh, a big call center, these kinds of things are not our kind of clients. We used, used to say retail, but now we have a, a kiosk uh, capability, so when you talk about dealer-distributors, we get into retail now, that's kind of fun. That's a new area for us. But inside sales and the in specific industries, you know, we, we are not all things to all industries. And we know that over time, particularly in, in our type of sales asset management platform, uh, our competitors have you know, sort of gravitated into you know their strong industries. And so I would say tech and finance are not our strong in, uh, suit. On the other hand, we work very well with MedDevice Health Services, yes. so health insurance. You know, like United Health, is a large client of ours, and uh, our mobile platform works very well for what they need. Uh, and, of course, manufacturing is our bread and butter. We have evolved our platform to be optimized for large global manufacturing enterprises with complex dealer distributor network. So we, we handle multiple languages and regional analytics for sales VPs and regional managers, that thing to help them manage their, their dealer and distributor kind of activity through our analytics. And, and that's sort of unique to us because Caterpillar was one of our first major clients. And so we optimize our platform for them. And so lo and behold, we get a lot of clients like Caterpillar. Same with Device, We tend to s- stick to our strong suit because our clients are looking for, you know, say prospective clients want to know what other companies like them are doing and what kind of experience we have uh, with their industry and how well do we know their business. And so that that's helping us. Does that answer your question?
1: Oh, definitely. And I think that's one of the most important things is we're talking about the C-level people. They need to know what's going to fit their target audience. They're, and whenever I hear a company, I get scared of it when you ask anybody or a prospective client, well, who's your target? Well, well, anybody like, Oh, this isn't good because you can't serve everybody and you can't serve your best clients best if you're focusing on the splatter shot method. So I always admire and respect anybody that can say who their customer is not who their ideal client is, and who they best serve. It's to me, it says that you will serve, you know, where, you know, you're strong, you will continue to evolve, continue to serve, continue to improve. That would be comforting to me as Caterpillar and some of those other companies that you serve in HealthNet to know that they, they've got it. Modus will just keep going. They'll just keep giving me better stuff over and over. And- that's reassuring. So I respect that very much about you and your company. Thank you. Folks, we are actually out of time. Twenty-five minutes goes fast.
2: <laughs> it does. How
1: can Alice how can where do you want to drive everybody today?
2: Well, since I'm launching this new company, now I still have Alice Hyman LLC and do all the wonderful things we we do for companies to help uh, rapidly growing companies increase their sales quickly and grow their sales organizations. But we are launching Trade Show Makeover which is all about how you can turn the leads you get at trade shows into deals. And so that's tradeshowmakeover.com. We're starting with a three-day virtual summit, uh, November 13th, and it goes through the 15th. So you can watch anything that's of interest to you or watch all of it But I do want to give a shout out to Modus again, because they are one of our main sponsors. Thank you, Oren, for sponsoring us. I really appreciated that. Uh, Two speakers from Modus will be talking about ways that you can turn leads into deals. And I just think that that's what everybody wants to do. We spend so much money on trade shows. We've got to start producing more out of them and get that revenue. That's what we're going to talk about and uh, (laughs) you'll enjoy it. So please go to TradeShowMakeover.com, and you'll be able to sign up. And thank you for letting me plug my virtual summit. Well, thank you for being a guest today. Oren, what do you want to tell them?
3: Well, I'd say we're really excited about applying artificial intelligence to our platform in a way that is transparent to the user to make it more intuitive for the salespeople using our app in their hands, as well as the marketing people who are are using it and loading it. So there are ways we can use artificial intelligence to save time on repetitive tasks. Uh, but also to curate you know, content and suggesting things that will be helpful to salespeople. And so we're in the process of testing, uh, what we call a virtual assistant, which is a, a new part of our core platform. Uh, preliminary reports is very exciting. You know, I'm, I'm obsessing over that because I, I could just see the, the real benefit. Imagine never having to the interface with CRM again, right? For the salespeople. Do we integrate with Salesforce? And so. You know, CRM is one of the most hated, you know, applications since it was invented by salespeople and sales managers alike. So we're trying to to make that much more seamless and and, um, productive for the salespeople. Let them do what they like
1: to do. Yes, I love that.
2: Yeah. So definitely go, go modus.com is where you can find out more. And I do want to mention one thing real quick. I know we're out of time that modus also has a lead capture feature that can be used at trade shows and anywhere you are in the field. So easy. Yep. salespeople hate typing in data. This uh, tool allows them to capture the information, it goes straight to the CRM and it makes it fast and easy for them to be able to then email to their clients and communicate with them. So another thing that, that I love, um, that you can use with the,
1: (laughs) you are a fan.
2: (laughs) I am a fan.
1: (laughs) Thank you so much. This has been Susan Finch, your host for Rooted in Revenue on the radio network. Never miss an episode. Check out rootedinrevenue.com and subscribe on the site to get weekly updates of when new episodes come out or find us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio. We want to be where you are, so go subscribe. We'll get you all the information you need to do your best with marketing of events and your online presence.
0: You've been listening to another episode of Rooted in Revenue right here on the Funnel Radio Channel for at-work listeners like you.